It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome back to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I'm a minister working with the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. And if you were ever in the Kearney, Missouri area and uh, you'd like to come visit us, hey, please do so. We meet every Sunday morning, 9.30 for Bible study, 10.30 for worship, and we would love to have you join us if you would. Now, tonight we're going to hear a lesson about that which is consecrated to God, but you may have questions about this or other lessons, and I don't want to miss out on the opportunity for you to express yourself. So if you want to take advantage of of, uh, talking to me about some of the teaching that goes on with this uh, show, you can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Or you can keep in mind I'm in the Central Time Zone. Or you can email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Now, some of you may be watching on Facebook or YouTube, and I appreciate those who do. If you would listen attentively, and if you like which what that which is said, give us a like and share it with as many people as possible and help us to take this message around to as many people as can possibly hear it. Now, we also uh, ask that you leave comments in the comment section. I do look at those. So if you have opportunity to do that, we would much appreciate it. Okay, we're going to go ahead and jump into the lesson this evening, that which is consecrated to God. You know, there's a lot of Christians. Uh, that's that's taken from a verse in the Bible, <clears throat> and we'll be looking at that. But, you know, there's a lot of Christians that don't know what consecrated mean. And if I was to ask you, what does consecrated mean, uh, would you understand that? Now, see, that's an important point. It's important for us to understand terms that are used in the Bible because those are God's, that's God's means of communicating to us. And so we want to make sure we understand what words God has chosen to use to communicate his will to us. And so that's what we're going to do this evening. But before we get into that, what's important for us to know is that some things belong to God and some things belong to you. Now, we're going to have to accept that because it's a biblical teaching, and we're going to look at a couple of points that illustrate that. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 22. You know, the Pharisees were always trying to trap Jesus. I'm sure you know that. They thought they could outsmart him, and of course they couldn't. (laughs) But uh, uh, they they were going to try, uh, and so they thought, hey, here's a question we can ask. And it's one of those questions that you ask that, you know, they figured if he answered it one way, it would get him in trouble with the Jews. If he answered it the other way, it would get him in trouble with the Romans. And um, so they asked him, you know, if it was lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, to be exact. And um, he said, well, you know, give me a coin. And uh, they gave him a denarii, I believe the Bible calls it. And he said, whose face is on it? And it was Caesar. And so his answer is very telling for tonight's lesson. He goes, render therefore unto Caesar the thing which are Caesar's. 
but unto God the things that are God. So right there in that passage, we're seeing there are some things that belong to man, and there are some things that belong to God. And that's going to go along with the definition of consecration here in a minute that we'll look into. Another passage that illustrates this is in Acts chapter 5 and um, with Ananias and Sapphira. The early church was very much trying to get uh, started, as you know, and so the people were having to remain in Jerusalem and, and, and to, to learn. Uh, they had to uh, uh, help get the church started and, and to learn uh, from the apostles and who were being, you know, the truth was being revealed to them. And so and they were all selling because of the needs that were met, you know, to meet the needs of the people of the, you know, the church. They were selling whatever possessions they had, and they were came and, and live, giving the proceeds to the laying at the apostles' feet. Ananias and Sapphira had property, and they sold it. But they made it look like they were giving it back to the apostles. But they were actually keeping a portion of it back for themselves. But yet that's what they actually uh, attributed, that it was everything. In fact, we have uh, Sapphira saying so to Peter. He asked her specifically if they'd given everything, and she's like, yes, we gave everything. But it, that's not what took place. They kept a portion of it back. And so Ananias and Sapphira both gave up their lives, not because, not because they had only given a portion to them, but because they had lied to the Holy Spirit. They made it seem like it was, you know, that they were giving it all to the Lord. But there's a point made in verse 4 that I think is very telling with the, tonight's lesson. And that point being was when Peter was talking to Ananias, he says, while it remained, talking about his property, was it not thine own? In other words, didn't you own it? And then he said, after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? In other words, you had the proceeds. It was yours. What did you do with it? Well, he gave part of the proceeds to the apostles, but he made it seem like he was given everything to the apostles. And so everything now should belong to the Lord. It'd be because that's what he was saying he was doing. He was giving everything to the Lord. So now that belongs to God. So he kept back part. And that means he was taking something from the Lord. But a point I'm trying to make is that there was a time this was his own. And like I said, what I'm trying to establish here, there are some things that belong to us, and there are some things that belong to God. And we have to be able to di differentiate what the, you know, the, what the uh, uh, differences are. Now, when we look at the definition of consecrated, because the Bible uses this word, it means to make or declare to be sacred by certain ceremonies or rites, to appropriate to sacred uses. And here's the ones I, I think we see a lot of in the Bible. To set apart, which is sanctify dedicate or devote to the service and worship of God as to consecrate a church. So we're talking about, you know, something that belongs to God and he has the right to do what he wants with what belongs to him. You know, I don't have the right to come to your house and just walk in. You would expect me to knock on the door, to be greeted by you at the door, and then to wait until you invite me into your house. But just to come over and walk in the house well, you know, that's that's just not acceptable. And why is that? Because that's your space. That's your home. And you set the rules. That belongs to you. 
and I would be infringing upon what belongs to you. And so likewise, these things that belong to God, we have to be careful we're not infringing upon those things because some things are consecrated to the Lord, and we don't want to make sure that we are uh, uh, acting in such a way as to respect what belongs to him. Now, King Isaiah is, we're going to look at a couple Old Testament examples. King Isaiah, and then we'll look at some New Testament, but King Isaiah is a good example in the Old Testament. He was a king that he really did a lot of neat things. He had some people who made things that it, it sounds like they had designed a catapult. I, I don't, there, there were weapons that his scientists had developed, uh, engineers, and they sat on top of the towers and they would shoot large stones, which sound like a catapult. And then there was the other things that shot multiple arrows. Uh, all this happened in King Isaiah's time, and he was pretty mighty. But the problem with that was it's, he started thinking he was pretty good stuff. And he went in to uh, uh, offer uh, fire to the Lord. And, of course, we understand that's, that's a duty that the Lord has assigned to the priest, and those priests come from the tribe of Levi. And only if you're from the tribe of Levi are you allowed to do this. That was their job. Every, all the other families, all the other tribes, uh, they, they were able to uh, get land. But the tribe of Levi, they were dedicated to the work of the temple. And so after Isaiah went in to do this, we're going to pick up verse 18, Azariah, the priests went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Isaiah, the king, and said unto him, It pertaineth not unto thee, Isaiah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, and neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. So you can see then that he was dealing in something he didn't have authority to do. You know, it was the priest who had been dedicated to this. This is something that belonged to the Lord, and it was assigned to them. And so he was usurping authority. He was infringing upon something that belonged to God. <clears throat> now, what happened to him? Well, he got mad when he heard this, and so leprosy came out on his face. Of course, that's his forehead, and, and um, that was the Lord's work, of course, and and uh, for the rest of his life, he had to live away from everybody. He couldn't even be king anymore because uh, of the leprosy. He, lepers are outcast, you know, because you don't want it to spread. And so he was punished se severely for this. But needless to say, we use this passage to so show that there were things in the Old Testament that were consecrated. The priests of Levi, you know, the Levitical priesthood, they were consecrated to burn incense. They were dedicated to the work of the temple. Uh, Achan is another good example. If you remember when the uh, uh, Israelites crossed the Jordan River and went into the promised land, uh, the first city they were going to conquer was uh, Jericho. And you remember the story how they marched around the city uh, six times, six days, and the seventh day they did it uh, seven times. And then, of course, they blew their trumpets, made a great shout, and the walls came tumbling down. But the Lord had instructions for them in Joshua 6, 19. And he told them not to take of any of the things of the spoils of Jericho. 
those things were to be taken and put into the Lord's treasury. We see that in uh, Joshua 6, 19. And he says, but all the silver and golden vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. And so we can see then they weren't supposed to do that. But if we read on in the lesson, you know, their next battle was against AI. And AI was not uh, a big outfit at all. In fact, they sent a smaller portion of troops up there to conquer AI, but the Lord wasn't with them because Achan, an Israelite who had gone in to conquer Jericho, had taken these accursed things, these things consecrated to the Lord, and he had buried them in his tent where his family dwelt. And so the Lord was not with them. And so Ai was able to push them back. That was very embarrassing to Joshua and the Israelites. And Joshua asked the Lord, why? You know, why would you be with us? And the Lord let them know that uh, there was sin in the camp. Somebody had taken the accursed thing and they had taken that which would belong to the Lord, that which was consecrated to the Lord. And so they questioned each man and they found out it was Achan and uh, they took him and uh, everything he had, his uh, family, his animals, and uh, uh, they were destroyed, heaped a big pile of stones over the top of them. And so we can see then that the Lord's serious about the things that are his. We can't be infringing our liberties when they're not welcome. This is like going into the Lord's house when he's not expecting you and just walking in. You know, we, we can't be doing that. We have to wait until you're invited. And in, in this case, you know, the Lord was specific. Don't do this. And, they, and Achan did it anyway. And so we can see then that these things that belong to God, we have to respect. Now, in the New Testament, there's also things that are consecrated to the Lord. And I want to look at some of these too, because uh, keep in mind of the things that we learned in the Old Testament, we only looked at two. But in the Old Testament, you know, that's that's a schoolmaster for us. We learn a lot about how to, to uh, learn about how to treat things that are consecrated to God by going back and, and looking at the examples set in the Old Testament. And so now let's take some of those lessons and, and look at in the New Testament. And, of course, we know that man needed a Savior, and one was provided by God. And this Savior came to this earth not to do his own will, but the will of the Father, because he was consecrated. He belonged to God, and he had a dedicated purpose. And uh, Hebrews 7.28 makes it very serious. The law maketh men high priests which have infirmity. He's talking about the Old Testament law. But the word of the oath which was since the law, talking about the law of Christ, make it the son who is consecrated forevermore. So Hebrews makes it very clear. The son sits down at the right hand of God. God has put all things under his feet. And he is consecrated forevermore. He has, uh, uh, he, he's the savior. And so we understand that from scripture. And when he lived on this earth, he understood that. He could not do he couldn't do anything that the Father had not told him to do. He couldn't say anything that the Father had not told him to say. In fact, we see his will in conflict with the Lord's will on the night he was betrayed when he was in the Garden of Eden. If you remember in his prayer, he prayed to the Father 
that he did not, he didn't want to have to hang on the cross. And so he prayed, let that this, uh, he said, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, but not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, he understood the Lord's will came first. And of course, the Lord's will was for him to hang on that cross. And so he, he obeyed uh, all the way to the cross. He was, he was dedicated to the Father. And he understand he had to obey the Father's will. And so we have a Savior. Yes, we have a Savior. One was provided for us, and he was uh, the perfect example of how we have to put aside our will, the Christian's will, in order to obey the Father. Because like Jesus, the Christian has been consecrated. And so as Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, we know that we too are going to have to be obedient to God. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20, Paul says, Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Hmm. Sounds like consecrated, doesn't he? For you are bought with a price. <laughs> Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, so we don't have we don't have the right now to be able to do what we want to do. And why is that? We've been bought with a price. Uh, when we were baptized, if you go to Romans chapter 6, when we were baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, that was a death and a burial and a resurrection. Now, who was the death? The death was the old man who could do whatever he wanted. Now, of course, there's consequences to that. The wages of sin is death. But needless to say, he he was going to live according to his own will. But after he accepted the will of the Lord and he decided to obey, uh, he was baptized into Christ. At that point, he was bought with a price. He came up out of that watery grave as Christ came up out of the tomb, a new man, knowing full well the old man of sin is dead, and now he doesn't have the right to sin. He does not have the right to chase after the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. He doesn't have that authority because if he partakes in such, he would be taking of the accursed thing. He would be taking something that doesn't belong to him because the Christian belongs to God. And so that's why Paul says here in verse 19 through 20 that the Christian has to glorify God in their body and in their spirit. He says, which are God's. We don't have the right. We can't do it. And we got to be careful about even uh, putting temptation in front of us because that can take place. Now in John 17, 17, we uh, listened to the prayer that Jesus gave the night he was betrayed. And, of course, he prayed for all his disciples, including us. Uh, he mentioned, you know, he, that he wanted uh, the Lord to be with those who, who ended up believing based on the, the uh, word of the apostles. Uh, that would be us today. We have the New Testament, which the apostles wrote, and we're able to become believers because of that. But uh, he, he makes that point, sanctify. Where did we hear sanctify from? That was back in the definition of consecrated. And so he says, sanctify, which is set apart. Uh, them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So in other words, 
we're different than the world. The world does not, uh, those people have not been bought with a price, but Christians have been bought with a price. And so since Christians have been bought with a price, we've been set aside. We're set apart. We're different. Why? Because we belong to God. And how did that process take place? Well, through the truth, through our obedience to the word of God. And so that's how we're we're set we're set apart for such. And it's and it's truly an honor to be able to say that you belong to God. But uh that only happened through our obedience to the truth. So the Christian is consecrated, and the Savior is consecrated, and likewise the Savior's church is consecrated. And how could it not be? Because the church is the body of the Savior. Now, uh, if we go to Matthew 16 and verse 18, what did Jesus say? I will build my church. I will build my church. He didn't say, I'm going to build Richard's church. He didn't say he was going to build your church. He said, I'm going to build my church. That means it belongs to him. And if it belongs to him, we have to respect that if we're a part of it. And we are, according to Acts chapter 2. Uh, those who are being saved were added to the Lord's church, uh, the body of Christ. You're baptized into Christ, you're added to his body. And so that's how we come in to being in the church. But needless to say, that church is Christ. It belongs to him. He makes all the rules. When Paul was leaving Ephesus, he talked to the elders in Ephesus and he told them to take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, Acts 20 28, over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God. To feed the church of God, which he goes on to say, he, which he hath purchased with his own blood. But this is God's church. This church is Christ. He built it. And having said that, I don't have the right to make rules in the church. I don't have a right to be able to say, you know, we're going to use instruments and music in our worship service. I don't have the right to introduce any kind of rule into the worship or, or, or any type of worship that is not authorized. That's why John, Jesus said, John 4, 24, uh, the, the Christians are to worship in spirit and in truth, meaning we have authority based on the Bible. That's the truth part. And so that's what we do. We, we listen to the Bible, and we try to obey the Bible as far as extending our worship to God. We try to obey and to try to introduce anything foreign like instrumental music. That's to do something without authority. And again, you would be infringing on the right of God. You would be exactly like King Isaiah. You would be trying to do something which you don't have any authority to do. And so we have to be really careful about what we do in the church, we got to be really careful about the work of the church, making sure that the things the church does is authorized by God. And uh, uh, all these things have to we have to take into consideration. Uh, the church doesn't belong to me, and it doesn't belong to you. It does not say Church of Richard. It says Church of Christ. That's what most signs say. Anyway, that's what our sign says. And Carney, it says Church of Christ. That means to me, when I read the sign, I'm thinking this is Christ's church. And if that's Christ's church, and that's exactly what the people profess, and if you come and visit, they profess it to be Christ's church. Well, then 
Everybody there should be yielding to the authority of Jesus Christ. And everything that we do should be in accordance with the commands of Christ. There should be nothing there that man has come up with to glorify God in their own way. Everything should be done in accordance with God's instructions because it's his. It belongs to him. And if he hasn't told you it's right to do so, and I don't know how you're going to know if it's right to do so, if you don't see it written in the Bible, then uh, it would be wrong because you'd be partaking in something and violating something that's been consecrated to God. My last point I want to bring up is the family. Now, there's a lot of things we can go on and talk about, but this is the last one I'm going to bring up tonight. Uh, things that are consecrated in the New Testament. We talked about a savior. We talked about the Christian. We talked about the church. But the family also is consecrated to the Lord. Notice what Jesus told the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 19, verse 4 through 6. They came to him and trying to trip him up again, uh, wanting to know about uh, uh, divorce. But uh, listen to this was part of his answer. He says, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So God created man and woman. And he said, I'm going to put them together. And this is family. This is going to be family. Now he did not. He did not say that he was going to take a male with a male and make them a family. He did not say he was going to take a female with a female and make them a family. God said the marital union was going to be made up between a male and a female, and he's going to join them together. And he said, don't man, don't, no man should get in between this. No man should mess with this union. He said, let not man separate. And so what he's saying is, he's saying, look, keep your nose out of this business. This is, this is a, a union I have established. You keep your nose out of it. You're not a part of it. But yet today we have people who are trying to remake marriage, have homosexual marriages, and all kinds of different types of marriages other than what God has created. And we have to understand that family has been created by God and we have to respect that. That's been consecrated to him. In Psalms 127 and verse 3, when that uh, union has children, he says, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. But notice children, and you could say this, they're from the Lord. And so with that, we understand again that those children Coming into that type of union, that type of uh, family, they are consecrated to the Lord. And so when we go to passages like 1 Timothy 5.8, we understand we have responsibility to family. And we have to respect the responsibility that God has given to man because of its nature and belonging to God. He says, if anyone in 1 Timothy 5.8, for instance, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So we have to provide for our families in whatever way that uh, our role calls for. 
and uh, that's that's part of our job in doing so. But all the while, we understand we're working inside a family unit that God has consecrated and God has dedicated it to himself. And so we have to, uh, well, parents, for instance, have to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Children are to obey their parents in the Lord. Uh, This types of things, these things we have to do because all of that that family has been consecrated to God. It's his. When we don't do those things, we're taken away from God. We're stealing from him. And so we got to be careful about that. In conclusion, let me say this. Since our Savior has been consecrated, then so is too is anything that is in Christ. And that would include the church and the Christians that make up the church, and they have been dedicated for his service. To usurp God's authority would be taking that which doesn't belong to you. Hey, give that some thought, because it's true. We have to be very careful we don't fall into the same sin of Isaiah and Achan. Hey, if you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area again, hey, come and join us. You can uh, uh, come and worship with us. We meet at uh, 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. And uh, again, we, we, uh, we meet at uh, 930 on Sunday morning and uh, 1030 for worship. You can learn all about the church by coming to going to CarneyChurch.com and uh, you can get a map and address and phone number and all that sort of thing. But uh, likewise, if you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, tune to KPGZ 102.7 every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. in Kearney, Missouri, and you can hear a lesson from God's Holy Word. And uh, if you live outside of Kearney, that's no problem. You can stream it on your mobile device. They have an app. Go to KPGZ on the web, download their app, or you can download it uh, wherever you download your apps. And uh, you can uh, listen uh, anywhere where you're at uh, live. Uh, If you like this also, you can listen to it in podcast form. We're on Spotify and Google Podcast. And I'm also on the internet show, Berean Spirits, that airs every Thursday morning at uh, 10 a.m. Central Time. You can uh, go to the uh, Berean Spirits YouTube page. Uh, Go to the Kearney Church webpage, and you can press on the Berean Spirits YouTube page if you want to join the Bible study. Every Thursday morning at 10 a.m., me and two other preachers uh, discuss a topic from God's Word each and every Thursday. And um, you can join in the study and leave comments in the comment section if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube. And if you can't, past episodes are left up. And uh, also, we also put that in in podcast form if you want to listen to it that way. Okay, that's all I got for you. Next time I come to you, hopefully, Lord willing, will be this uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.